This week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by you. That's right, we're on Patreon now, so head on over to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. For as little as $5 a month, you can help our show and get all kinds of great extra content on top of that. We've got a ton of great bonus content waiting for you right now, so head on over to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, the only podcast with the wit and sparkle of Murphy Brown. I am your host, Bob Mackey, and my mom says I'm cool, and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? A creature of pure malevolence, Henry Gilbert. And who else? Industrial chimney sweep, Chris Antista. And today's episode is Burns' Air. Wow! Bob Mackey. Hey, it's wow. me. That's where it comes from. <laughs> yes, this episode made me famous briefly. No, I said your name. I know the kids in sixth grade were losing their shit. But <laughs> you, you stole my opening quote. I was going to do my mom says. I'm oh, I'm sorry. Game. Yeah, you need to come prepared for two with two because I talk first. Yeah. Uh, today's episode, Burns' Air, aired on April 14th, 1994. And Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Bye, Bobby. It's a big week in news, so this is going to be a little long. Bridges of Madison County and Michael Crichton's Disclosure received some stiff competition from Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus oh. on the bestseller list. Pioneer oh. Electronics announces a CD player exclusively for club DJs so as to drive the death knell into the vinyl industry. The world mourns Nirvana lead singer Kurt Cobain, Suicide, and Fox announces a high-profile Aaron Spelling-produced Melrose Place spinoff for the summer, Models, Inc., Wow, it's the Greyhound's favorite cartoon. So many of show. so many of these things would be referenced by The Simpsons in the next two years. That Models is, yes. Inc., The Bridges of Madison County, Men Are from Mars, Women Are from Venus. These are all going to be references coming up. I, I, it's long, but they're, I thought it was important to acknowledge Kurt Cobain. That was a very important moment in my little oh, teenage yeah. life. We won't have a Simpsons show that airs around Models Inc., but it is one of those jokes you'll never get because <laughs> yes. it was so. It was like Nine or Two and on Melrose Place were kind of phenomenons. Mm-hmm. So they're like Aaron Spelling, make another one. And then we'll have a marketing blitz to accompany this unlike before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the marketing blitz was way bigger than the show. It was. I remember seeing all the commercials. And it felt like super cynically engineered. It's yes. like sexy drama, mm-hmm. but they're all models. They're not just attractive people on it's, camera. They, they're all models. They took out the pretense of high school in an apartment complex. Yeah. And like, these are just fucking models. The <laughs> <laughs> primetime soap opera will take place with models. And yeah. one of the puppies thought it was one of the Models, Inc. Yes. <laughs> now and, uh, you know, people. I'm, yeah. I'm catching you up. We lived and, through Models, Inc. And we survived. Yeah. Never mention it again. <laughs> we, it, we have to in a, in a year or so. <laughs> and, it, and at twelve, Kurt Cobain's death. I mean, I noticed it, but I wasn't. I wasn't cool. I was listening to They Might Be Giants. I was not listening. Really, I, was. I yeah. heard. I obviously heard the the big hits of Nevermind. But honestly, the in utero videos confused me. It made me feel uncomfortable. I was like, eh, I was oh, very I like much this. into it, and I remember it very well because I remember hearing the news. But I'm still a preteen, caught up in my own business. Got somebody had one of those parties, like an adult teenage party, where the, someone hired a DJ and it was at a spot there's no drinking boys and girls were dancing and I danced with my first girl 
the day Kurt Cobain committed suicide. Yeah. So I wasn't thinking about it until I got home the next day, and it's like MTV was just like, no videos, just we're talking about we suicide told, and Kurt Cobain. We were all told by Kurt Loder mm-hmm. about it. Uh, yeah, I, I just listened to this, one of my favorite audiobooks again. It was Chuck Klosterman has this whole book called Killing Yourself to Live, where he goes on a road trip around America to go to all these different sites of where famous rockers mm-hmm. died. And he gets to the Kurt Cobain one, and he it's a very interesting section where he talks about how like people kind of forget who what people felt about Kurt Cobain before he killed himself mm-hmm. and that he he everybody's like eh, Nirvana sucks Pearl Jam's where it's at it like sucks. the new Kurt album sucks, kind so. of a dick yeah kind a bit of. yeah yeah he uh, didn't have a great upbringing but mm-hmm. This uh, this week's episode is Burns' is Air, and uh, yeah. this and, I think, Rosebud are the two greatest Mr. Burns episodes, both in the same mm-hmm. season, and I conflate these two all the time, even oh, though they're yeah. very different, because it's all about an old man reaching the end of his life and realizing he needs to do something, yes. <laughs> or find something, or find some meaning, or mm-hmm. you know, have, find some way to extend his legacy, but it, I love this it, episode. There's two great Burns-focused episodes in the season, but it does feel like forever since he's been even mentioned. It, it, it felt that way. I mean, he was in Bart's Elephant, he mm-hmm. was writing Stampy, yeah. and, yes. but the, the last time he was a co-focus of an episode was the Gamblor episode. Mm. He was running yes. Burns's casino, but then it becomes a Marge episode halfway through, so Burns kind of falls back, but this is all I'm, Burns. I'm really happy to separate, finally separate a lot of these gags and, and file them into the right episodes, because <laughs> this is not the episode where Burns and Smithers star in a sitcom The Simpsons are watching. That's right. This is the episode where the Simpsons star in a sitcom that Burns is watching. Yes. <laughs> That's true. It's That's, very confusing. I do mix these up from time to time. That is, that is true. It is is a very like changed focus mm-hmm. once you switch the focus from homer to burns in the very opening mm-hmm. it's like you are from burns's vision on the simpsons not not the other way around yeah, and we're both looking at it from the perspective of burns having endless money to buy up the airwaves mm-hmm. this one opens with homer winning homer wins something that he thinks he he would want the employee <laughs> raffle which I have to think it's all engineered by Burns because he's watching Homer as yeah. an industrial chimney sweep, so it's just to make him suffer. <laughs> it's not practical. It's just torture. It's it's yes. torturing an employee so Burns can watch it from his bathtub. With a yes. big bag of extra fancy potato yes. chips. Because uh, it does seem too pedestrian or too low class for Burns yes. to eat potato chips, so they well, have to be labeled as extra it fancy. Just, that is literally a label they ascribe to things now, extra fancy. <laughs> fancy ketchup is still a thing, but extra fancy is something wow. that... So I think that the time that... <laughs> Was, uh, it was an actual biting. joke. And yeah, I think he's like wearing the, a top hat in the bathtub, yes. too. Well, it's like Grey Poupon of, yeah. of chips. But I think of that joke so much, too, when I think of bosses not working half as hard as you, of when mm-hmm. Homer says, the guys at the top must be working even harder, and then cut to Burns in a bathtub eating fancy chips, saying, like, well, five o'clock never comes. I mean, our guy at the top in America has had more vacation days than most of us get in a decade. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so uh, there uh, you have it. So I mean, uh, he's enjoying all those workouts he's getting on the golf course but oh, uh, train his battery <laughs> <laughs> okay but speaking of a rich asshole burns almost drowned yes as in blood feud he has a near-death experience he figured these they would stop having any effect on him after <laughs> a while. hey this isn't such a great prize oh well it's maybe a dirty job but the big guys at the top work even harder <laughs> Will five o'clock never come? Careful, Smithers, that sponge has corners, you know. I'll go find a spherical one. (laughs) Help, Smithers. I'm sinking. I'm sinking. (gasps) Life flashing before. Eyes 
<laughs> is it is it Burns Verkoff and Der Kraftwerk where we see Smithers bathing Burns and talking to him with Snappy the Alligator? Uh, he's only washing his hair. Okay, it is not. It's I know we've not seen this before. As intimate and <laughs> and also he is helping Burns bathe when Marge paints him. Oh yeah, you're right. But this is him just literally in a bathtub being bathed by him, and that he's that a a the corners of a sponge <laughs> will kill Mr. Burns. <laughs> That's sharp. how fragile. And he we, is. we were talking the other day off mic about how. Harry Shearer's, let's say, dickishness towards The Simpsons has mm. led to. I, I do watch a lot of the modern day episodes, and he is incredibly diminished. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he says maybe one line in an episode, there's no more Burns focused episodes, but it also means for years there has been no Burns is weak jokes. Those have not happened in maybe a decade. Hmm. I, yeah. I'm speculating there, but like there's not enough time to focus on him anymore. Yeah. But I this mean, is, it's ha- in every episode we see now, Burns mm. is so weak, he's brought down by paper cu- household <laughs> items. <laughs> he can't li- He can't give the thumbs up. He's yes. so weak. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised just having that top hat on his head didn't yeah. sink him <laughs> underwater. Just, just the extra th- weight of the sponge. It's too heavy. I, I do like how he like just jumps out of the water immediately, starts strangling Smithers. Yes, and that, the flashbacks were cute. I, I thought they dipped back more into the citizen caneness of his upbringing. They really yes, didn't. Yeah. I, well, the first two are though him being a baby, seemingly a baby of means of like no, no, no. Yes. He was born in a in a wood shed with Bobo. So Ooh. I uh, somebody should pay for that blender. This episode is beautiful though. Yes. Uh, I believe David Silverman directed the first act, and he had just had too much to do, and Mark Kirkland mm. took over. But it all looks good but if you look at the scene where burns is firing at the man's feet look at the background that they drew for a five second scene it is so yes. elaborate and gorgeous yeah. i was yeah. just in awe of these these just brief glimpses of beauty in this episode uh and then we get a Greenpeace reference which i wonder if <laughs> it was directed to sam simon or not or if they were thinking like sam simon later in life the late sam simon who was a co-creator of the series or co-developer i forget exactly mm. how he's credited he always made money off the simpsons even though he left in season three, four but so he then gave a ton to greenpeace like mm. they own they own ships thanks to him it's yeah, just anti-whaling like, that's, ships yes yeah well actually the director of this episode on the commentary mark kirkland was saying mm. i noticed we get a lot more of these hippie flavor jokes after david merkin took yeah. over <laughs> david merkin <laughs> is a big hippie too i mean he's true. the reason why we have lisa the vegetarian oh mm. wait did we say who wrote this episode jace Richdale. Jace Richdale, in which I, I rarely get into this part of it, and you guys do. I like that's not a name I'm familiar with, and it's, it's his sole Simpsons writing credit. The most notably, he's the creator of the Oblongs. Yes. Well, he's the TV guy they brought on to work yes, with the Oblong the co- guy. The co-creator of the yeah. Oblongs, but, uh, the, uh, the uh, unnamed Oblong guy, <laughs> Angus Oblong, Angus Oblong, yeah. who ap- appears in public in clown makeup. Wow, that's, I had no idea. And but it, wow. his Wikipedia does not say his real name. Weird, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, Jace Richdale's been all over TV. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, even yeah. though he has one credited script on The Simpsons, he wrote a ton of jokes for two or three seasons mm-hmm. so i mean he's all over this he wrote uh, for era mike judges mm-hmm. the good family as well as got nominated for a writer's guild award for an episode of dexter oh, so wow. a very versatile writer i yeah. got you know that's something we should should do a one-off of someday in the f- long off future the good family like i never watched it but it was supposed to be the t- commercials look so interesting it's yeah. the inverse of king, king of, of the, the hill. hill it is the king of the hill format except it's, <laughs> well, it's actually, hyper, a hyper it's green teacher. it's the yeah it's of like what it's one of the three or four voices mike judge can do that he <laughs> purposes i mean i'm not complaining those voices are great no one okay. hank hill is so unique yes yeah. uh, instead of hank hill being the repurposing of the beavis and butthead its neighbor mm-hmm. they repurposed the teacher into being the hyper hippie mr dad. van Driesen. yes yeah. that's right mm-hmm. you know you mentioned uh, clowns chris and oh, oh. they mistook burns for a clown all right we're finally going to stop those corporate pigs from dumping that nuclear waste. Oh, no, <laughs> our boat is sinking. It was I, you fools. I love that reading. The man you trusted isn't wavy gravy at all. <laughs> 
And all this time I've been smoking harmless tobacco. <laughs> and Burn just swims away. Yeah. He, he has like some virility or like it looks some like power. Some water. Yeah. yeah. And, and, well, he's that, like 60 there, I think. Yeah, Bass. Like, in case you don't know who Wavy Gravy I would was. not get this joke yeah. until this summer when they did Woodstock 94. And I'm watching with my father on oh. pay-per-view. I feel old just saying that. <laughs> Taping the whole thing, only leaving to so go watch the crow in theaters. This was my life in 1994. <laughs> uh, and... Wavy Gravy comes out to open up the show. I'm like, Dad, who is Wavy Gravy? He's like, ugh. Okay, yes. okay let, me down, and, son. let me try and explain who Wavy Gravy is to a child. This will make no sense. I, thought, I, mean, it was, I yeah. thought it was a Ben and Jerry's flavor. It was. Uh, okay. It was. That's how I knew Wavy me too. Gravy. It was. Wavy Gravy had to be explained to all of us by our parents yeah. then. But he... A uh, short version is that he was a peacenik in the 60s mm. who it was fighting like for the end of the Vietnam War, but he also was a dork who liked magic. And mm. he, he said that he got arrested less when he went in clown makeup. <laughs> so he became the hippie clown at protests and, no and activist stuff. And Yeah, kind of like kind of like what Homer did in the Lollapalooza episode, Wavy mm. Gravy would do for the Grateful Dead. Well, so he became <laughs> the Grateful Dead's official clown. Yep. That's, on his, that's on his wiki page. It's just like, and the official clown of the grateful and dead his official website wavygravy.net <laughs> people do not get it confused you yes. might end up at an actual gravy site. the actual gravy distributors <laughs> and he's also like i he hasn't done cartoons like he he on his imdb page he's only appeared in like three documentaries so it seems like he's one of those guys like i'm not gonna sell out on my celebrity it's this is important i really love the over-the-top hippie voices oh no Ooh. our boat is sinking <laughs> And it, it, in the episode I Married Marge, it's established that the power plant opens in 1980, but mm-hmm. every episode conflicts with that. Like, <laughs> Burns is a like a nuclear power guy when Homer's mom is fighting him and things like that, and this conflicts with it, too. Yeah. I'm just thinking that bit of history just kind of goes against everything. That's true. Well, I mean, Monty Burns, back when he had the strength to do it, he, he just went off everywhere. He's kind <laughs> of like a Scrooge McDuck figure, he honestly. Really is. Like, he just goes and has adventures. Forget what that type of character is called, but when they have endless financial resources mm-hmm. to finance globetrotting adventures yeah. everywhere and uh, also speaking of things that had to be explained to me i did not recognize a bong ha. and didn't know that the implied joke there is that burns made them think he was smoking weed when he was smoking tobacco. <laughs> harmless tobacco that's, so per- like, that's a perfect undercut yeah. like such a subversive joke to be like tobacco is way worse for you than weed that mm. is the extra joke you that's get great there. and they let you uh understand it on your own they don't have to explain yes. it what i really like that comes up next burns is talking about he never fathered an heir because of his hectic schedule and lethargic sperm <laughs> and uh, Smithers will be buried alive with him yes oh I, goody well, <laughs> yes I, I love that he made sure to be like no no Smithers the Smithers doll should be scared that yes. he's about to be buried alive and he's like ah that and it was one of those rare moments that implied that Smithers was there for any reason other than just a real love for Burns. When he goes like, mm-hmm, like I mean, uh, being buried alive, I think, supersedes his love of Burns. <laughs> oh, no, no, The no. fear of being buried alive. I mean that it implied that he... Has he been friendly to Burns this whole time in hopes of getting his money? Mm, you know? oh, yes. Was he always <clears throat> into Burns' money? I think he still is a Burns' sexual, but no, the money would be too. nice, too. But this is one of those rare things where it's yeah. just like, oh, is he out for Burns' money? I bet he gets paid really poorly. Yes. And, uh, You've seen but, his apartment. It's okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> though, then again, maybe he's just pouring all that money to his, his Malibu Stacy collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I will reference that again later in here, but him popping out of the water, too, like, where do you get this second wind from to, to yeah. survive? Sponge is removed. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> yes. the sponge flops off, and then he has all this power to strangle 
strangle him, Smithers with the strength of like Homer strangling Bart. That's great animation too. Yeah. So we have uh, up next a scene in a movie theater. Siskel and Ebert the movie, which <laughs> two okay thumbs up, joke. Siskel and Ebert. I'll tell you what. When I saw Life itself, the Ebert documentary, mm-hmm. it had that joke on the marquee. Ah. Two thumbs up, Siskel and Ebert underneath uh, Life funny. itself. But this, I wish it had been two thumbs down. Siskel and Ebert. That'd be a funnier joke. <laughs> Mixed thumbs. So this THX parody was reanimated mm-hmm. into a real THX promo. Yes. And when I saw when I saw a movie from like 1994 to 1997 or something I was delighted to see a little Simpsons joke before the start of the movie yeah when they, that would they happen they reanimated it in, in the style in, of the Simpsons well, in, in widescreen yeah they did it widescreen yeah. they, they, they paid for it like to reanimate widescreen yeah. but or to at least like reformat the view on it but yeah. uh, in case you don't know that is the THX deep note <laughs> THX was a sound system invented by Lucasfilm to better present sound on films and the deep in note in v- VHS yes. it's, it works yeah and, I and, think it's uh, not a machine or yeah. uh, equipment it's a it's a certification yes. yeah yeah and before anyone corrects us and the first time the deep note showed up was at the premiere of return of the jedi in 1983 mm. i and was i was so used to seeing the the uh movie version of this that this one went by too quick for me it's maybe five or seven seconds longer in the reanimated version yes. they, let, they let the gag sit a little bit longer but they're all the same and they're all there It's crazy that they would keep in the gag that the head explodes. <laughs> I love just that. Like that the, it's, it's an on-screen death in The Simpsons, which feels like a line to cross, but it was so fast of just like yeah. a teeth chatter, heads explode. And it was something, as a kid, I didn't love that THX sound. It was yeah. just like, it God, was, it was sucks. A, it was meant to be intentionally jarring, as in this this can only be done with this process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it played before The Simpsons movie. Apparently. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. what, every time Grandpa Simpson said, turn it up, uh, everyone in the theater laughed. Nice. Every time that that. Uh, it, it's a great joke, though. Turn it up. I have to tell you, Named Tiny after- Tunes did this joke two years earlier. Wow. In- yeah, I confuse yes. these two yeah. I, all the time because when, I, God damn it, back when I first got the internet, the best thing you could do was download Simpsons waves and waves of things that you loved. And uh, and if we didn't say it, the THX is named after George Lucas's student film Gone Good, uh, THX yeah. 1138. Wasn't it filmed at our local BART yeah. uh, stations? Those yeah. are our train stations, by the way. It was a student film that then became a real film okay. starring Robert Duvall. It was in the Tiny Toons direct-to-video movie How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Oh, boy, The most gorgeous good. Tiny Toons has ever looked. This is like a Studio Ghibli version of Tiny Toons. Yeah, it is by TMS, <laughs> yeah. their best animation team. But this is the exact same joke two years earlier. Got I think I had downloaded a wave that combined the two. Oh, awesome. Ah, yeah, instead of damn. THX, it was THUD. That's what our listeners Thud. couldn't see. Thud, yeah. and made by Mucus Film. Oh, ah, what I get a, it. I get it. That's a bit spicy for my <laughs> Tiny Toons movie. So we have to talk about this reference that was even <laughs> yes. lost to time in 1994. Well, all right. I didn't know this either, but so Burns is just in a field talking about his air to everybody. And, well, why don't we play the clip first? Hello, I am Montgomery Burns. <laughs> now then. I'm looking for a suitable young male heir to leave my fortune to when I pass away. My vast, vast, vast fortune. Vast. (laughs) Auditions will be tomorrow at my estate. And now, 
A feature presentation. Oh, for very well. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Get ourselves some snacks. Good dancing by Burns. This is this did not go over my head at the time because I was very much obsessed with this. Wow, this hyper obscure reference at this point. Yeah, I mean, I knew what they were referencing, but I'm like, wow, this is like really obscure, especially yeah. 18 months later after the film had bombed horribly. Yeah. So the film is toys. It was a mega bomb. It was a mega a passion project between Robin Williams and his uh, frequent co uh, collaborator Barry Sonnenfeld. It's a movie about a Robin Williams runs a toy factory with a robotic Joan. Cusack and a mm. militarily inclined LL Cool J. His brother ends up inheriting his toy company and turning it into something that manufactures military video games. It is visually unforgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, looks great. I saw it as a kid in good. theaters, but I I didn't know what to think. I'll stand up for that movie forever. It, it seemed to understand video games a little more than most other films at the time, because mm. they clearly made an engine that made a video game. It wasn't a cartoon mm. showing a video game. And I, I remember at magazines like, is this a real thing? This looks like a convincing video game. Right. And at the same time, toys got a bunch of fucking video games. And they're all yeah. bad. They're all bad. So it was a very unconventional movie with a very unconventional trailer. Maybe Henry can explain what the trailer was. So just the same as Burns is standing in a field in that costume, Robin Williams in his character costume from toys, though pretty much playing Robin Williams is yes. Robin Williams telling you about the movie in just a field somewhere. And it's just like, it, it set looks up like, a camera in a field, just riff it, away. Robin. He's yeah. literally standing in the, I want to speculate the windows XP background <laughs> because yes. Robin Williams is a North Bay dude. And not to get, we cannot wow, get too far yeah. into this because I've done it on a bunch of other laser times, but this is, this movie was part of the fallout with Robin Williams and Disney over Aladdin because he had been trying to get this movie made with right. Barry Sonnenfeld the whole time, which is why this trailer is so weird. And there's two of them. That's, just Robin Williams yeah. riffing in a field because that's it, it. this was his passion project yes that, that to me was looked like it was shot on his home turf just mm-hmm. him being him it's a very unconventional trailer for something he was really proud of and he had to dye his hair blonde repeatedly hmm. yeah. according to this trailer though he says he's inside a giant soundstage I don't know if that's a joke it's a joke okay, yeah, okay. I couldn't tell I was like maybe he is well, let's hear some of it I don't know about you but that last trailer <laughs> I've seen it, you know, fast cutting big music What about a different kind of trailer? I'm Robin Williams, here on the world's largest soundstage at 20th Century Fox. That's right. This entire wheat field is in one building. (laughs) I'm here tonight to talk to you about an incredible movie. Toys. Toys trailer. (laughs) Toys! There'll be a big lettered thing up here above me, glowing. Obviously, some incredible special effect that'll go... Toys! I mean, yeah. okay, I was stupid I love, for thinking it I was want, a, a fake field. I, I want people who have been listening to our other shows where I've talked about why he was mad at Disney over Aladdin because this Robin Williams, for the trailers, is literally standing as himself hyping a movie. This is how yes. much behind toys he was, and he blamed its failure on Disney marketing Aladdin as a Robin Williams movie at the exact same time. Yes. One of the promises they, they promised not to do with their handshake deal where he got 75 grand to be the genie in Aladdin. Yeah. And, and please do not market this against our toys movie. I want this toys movie yeah. to succeed. Though, honestly, toys wouldn't have succeeded no matter what he did. Either but, way. But it didn't help that Aladdin was the better Robin Williams film. Yes. But, but it's an incredibly mean, ambitious film, and it's incredibly watchable, too. But yeah. not what you'd call good. It's weird as hell. And uh, this means a lot to me, this uh, bit, because... In high school, I was friends with a huge Simpsons nerd like I was, and we would just see each other in the hallway and just say, fast. <laughs> and that'd be it. That would be fast, the joke. Yeah, Fast. fast. And, and then the end of the Burns clip, I never saw Let's Go to the Lobby. Thing, never. A real one. Yeah. But I, 
I'd only see it gr- later when it was parodied yeah. and shit. And yeah. like the Aqua Teen Hunger Force yeah. thing had a great one in it. And it's in Grindhouse. They mm-hmm. basically have that. We saw the fancier ones when we were kids of like, no, it's a it's a polygonal popcorn yes. exploding. Mm-hmm. But You're on a roller coaster of snacks. Yeah, they, all they, the messages were the same. It still buy exists. shit. Yeah, yeah. Buy go snacks. go to buy snacks. It's it's awesome that yes, this one has been replaced, but this still exists in every movie theater you go yes. to. Everybody knows this song. And Burns says snacks instead of treats, but yes. I don't know why. Maybe they're just misremembering. Let's hear the original. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go. Yeah, so enough I, of that. What I want to speculate is that this lasted so long in the pop culture zeitgeist because I, I want to say it was played in drive-ins mm-hmm. for much longer than it would have played in a normal theater. Probably. It was just like your yeah. stock uh, go-to-the-lobby mm-hmm. announcement you could buy. I think what killed those videos, too, is that, like, you didn't see a Coca-Cola yeah. Coke, Coke yeah, now like, finances all AMC's. Yeah, you've definitely seen it. it. It is weird to see a refreshments commercial that isn't Coca Cola, you know, and so, like the dad in it is drinking out of a nondescript cup, mm-hmm. just a cup. And just like in the uh, the actual source material, Burns is, is dancing with a bunch of uh, yes. refreshments and yes. stuff. But they're people in costumes, not cartoon characters. The lip sync is better yes. in, in, in The Simpsons than it is in the original one. So, no, no one knows a lot about where this animation came from, other than that it was done by Dave Fleischer, uh, oh. Fleischer Studios. Oh, interesting. Uh, Pioneer, Benny like Boop and Popeye. Stretchy and floppy like uh, Fleischer. But yeah, what year and where it originated is very flimsy. Wow. That's neat, Interesting. Right? One last joke I liked in the trailer bit is Homer's reaction to seeing Burns. He screams. Like oh, right. Burns just walked into the room, but he was like, ah! Also, Burns can sense that no one is reacting within the trailer. That's yes. why he goes fast. Yeah, yes. Just look, look, looking at the fast. wiki, there's a joke about this in the brand new Injustice 2. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. As of right now. That's how long this joke has lasted I mean, from 1950 to 2017. And yeah. I don't think I've ever seen this on a movie screen. I never have. Uh, I've you see it as like interstitials in between like commercials that use stock footage. I Maybe think like... in Grindhouse they did put mm-hmm. it in. In the okay. four-hour presentation of Grindhouse it is in there. I only see old movies in theaters now since I live in the big city but mm-hmm. I think I've seen this spliced in for fun. Just like here's a fun <laughs> little like you know interstitial for you to watch. So that's the only time I've seen it I think. So then we go to Burns' place, and first off, it's in the Lillian Langtree Theater. <laughs> I looked it up. What, you, okay, well, you tell uh, us. Lillian Langtree, 1853 to 1929, she was a starlet of the stage, mm-hmm. and she was known for dating noblemen and close friends with Oscar Wilde. Wow. So uh, a very famous starlet of her time. And of and course, he, Burns would be in love with her. Yes. It's, again, died in 1929. So even you're to think Burns is just 80 then, he would yeah. have fallen in love with her when she was like... when. When she was 80. Yes. So it's a great old-timey joke there. I think they're subtly aging up Burns a bit. Oakley Weinstein, uh, they are such devotees to the Simpsons canon, but when they made him 104 in Homer the Smithers, I was like, no, 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 he'd been like (laughs) 81 just a few seasons ago. Yeah, that was a revelation, but I was like, he is appropriately 104. He should be 104. I I prefer 104-year-old Burns, but I'm just saying, if you care about the canon... I think if you date him from uh, what we saw in Rosebud, he would be in his 90s, based on uh, how old old George Burns was compared to him. His taste in boxing and baseball would put him as born in the 
early 1800s. Well, he'd be he, 170. He was a fan of the Negro League. He claims <laughs> to see sporting events that were never televised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then the kids are all auditioning, which leads to my favorite Millhouse line ever. I think this is, I've said it a number of times, half ironically. I have nothing to offer you but my love. I specifically said no geeks. But my mom says I'm cool. <laughs> Next. Give me your fortune or I'll pound your withered old face in. Ooh, I like his energy. Put him on the callback list. <laughs> clang, clang, clang with the trolley. Ring, ring, ring with the bell. Zing, zing, zing with my heartstrings. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, love the, I love the sound of the wind getting knocked out. Of the- <laughs> So, uh, thank you. Well, first off, but my mom says I'm cool. That's great. I love that line. It is, it is what a dork says that he's like, who has no friends. He's just like, but my mom says I'm cool. Henry once again coming out as Millhouse. (laughs) I I mean, I tweeted when I got to sit with the Millhouse at Universal Orlando and I tweeted out the picture of it. I I said, our moms think we're cool. (laughs) And my mom took that picture. This is what it's like when doves cry. Uh, so this song, obviously, it is a gay joke because Martin is singing a, uh, a show tune yeah. but it is also super gay it's a show tune about falling in love with a man you see on the trolley well he got punched in the stomach before you heard if he changes the gender I bet he didn't yeah but, I don't uh, think he would have but yeah no, this but is... his outfit is of the of the trolley conductor though the singer is a young lady who has fallen in love with a man on the way to the World's Fair the it's... 1904 World's Fair it's true this is from the musical Meet Me in St. Louis <laughs> oh, and the so movie much. version Louis. with a, a beautiful young uh, Judy Garland before Hollywood destroyed her <laughs> it's, it's on its way to destroy yeah, her, but, but she hasn't been destroyed yet. I love this song so much. And she's probably hopped up on goofballs uh, singing this song. <laughs> clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Zing, zing, zing went my heart strings. From the moment I saw him, I fell. I want to skip ahead to my head. Stop went the wheels. Stop, stop, stop went my heart strings. All right, Henry. This is not which <laughs> Are you Millhouse or Martin <laughs> Prince? Which one is it? A little column uh, A, a little column B. I, I'm both of them. That's yeah, my secret. I want to say this was like a nostalgia piece for the early uh, 20th century. It was made like in the 30s, like the yes. original musical, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's, well, it was written for the movie. Like it wasn't. Oh, okay. It was an original movie musical. It oh, was I didn't not, know that. Okay. It was not based on a musical. Okay, so. but it's still like a nostalgia piece for that yes, era of America. That's the second most famous song in the movie. The uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is also in Oh, that that's for Meet Me in St. Louis. Wow, yes, okay. And I'm going to say Louie because that's how the song goes. Meet Louis? Me in St. Louis, Louie, 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 Louie at the fair. Oh. Uh, but that song was nominated for Best Song that year at the Oscars mm-hmm. and lost to Swing from a Star. Would if you, you like the this Carry yeah. <laughs> Moonbeams Home. That would be the theme for a really bad sitcom uh, in the 80s. Oh. Yeah. Right. I love the trolley song and this is my introduction to it. Though it was also let me know that like if you're a man singing this song, you're gay and should be punched. Like yeah, that's, the, that's it's a weird it's a weird message to send. But well, uh, the bullies are wrong for bullying him. Yeah. You are supposed to laugh at the bullying, and it's sad that like Martin gets punished. That the constant jokes are like Martin's gay and he's a gay kid who doesn't realize yeah. how gay he is. Perhaps I think they're on Martin's side. It's like the cruel reality of life. Yes. They, they, they won't let him be gay. They won't let yeah. him be effeminate. Yeah, but can you at least take some solace in how far we've come? Because now that oh, joke yeah. is ascribed to like if you were unironically singing a Smash Mouth song and enjoying. <laughs> 
enjoying yourself, then you would be punched in 2017. <laughs> yes, that's it, true. It would not be a musical that would be mocked now. But, uh, but I mean, you could not, in 1994, you could not have a gayer reference than a Judy Garland song being sung. <laughs> yes. I think it would change up a little more later. Well, but, we uh, do get next uh, Bart auditioning, and I think mm-hmm. this is Homer at his stupidest, where he yes. cannot put a sentence together, and he forgets his boss's name. Well, oh, the first off, Lisa says she, oh, right. in our phallocentric society, and then Byrne says, I don't know what phallocentric means. Miriam Webster describes it as centered on or emphasizing the masculine viewpoint. Uh-huh. So that's what phallocentric means. In and case a you're phallus always, is a dick-shaped object. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, that also Burns, Burns is true. He did say no girls in the trailer. He said oh, right. male heir. I see. Like he, did, that's right. he made it very clear. But then, okay, wait, no, we also have to talk about Lee Majors. I didn't get Lee Majors in this clip. So <laughs> I love that clip. Marge, I like that Marge for once is like, you know, we should just get his money so you can go to a good school yeah and it, it felt like one of the dave merkin is one of the rare showrunners who did not go to harvard that's on true simpsons so when he's making fun of harvard i wonder if he's just like that's ah, all these fucking harvard guys around me i'm sick of this shit and so the line of like you went to the most expensive and therefore best school there is i feel like it's also a very naive mom viewpoint where it's like yes. of course this is the best school it costs the most money it's harvard and yeah. i like that marge is thirsty for lee major yes <laughs> I like that that it gives her something extra instead of just being the mom who says i care about money i care about the groceries i care about my kids she's also like she's been in love with lee majors since her childhood yeah and in case you're not 50 we should tell you <laughs> lee majors is the six million dollar man when six million dollars was a lot of money yes. and that was a uh, show in the 70s and uh, the intro will tell you what happened steve austin astronaut what a man barely alive gentlemen we can rebuild him We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. Steve Austin will be that man. So yeah, they rebuild a, a, a broken astronaut, and um, that's Our tax basically dollars it. getting wasted yes. right there. And Marge was obsessed with uh, Kathleen Turner's former husband. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and well, that's six million dollars. That's nothing in government waste. I'm not going to tell you that. But the, <laughs> they'd buy a hammer with that money. But I, but I love the. I also like that when they have the sound effect the second time, it's slightly quieter so because good. you're like yeah. hearing you're, it out. It was a rare. It's so loud you're hearing it from inside Marge's head. Yes. <laughs> and it was the rare moment of people staring at Marge yeah. and them going like what are you doing and then just moving on yeah but then homer gives bart a script to read in his audition and it is like the stupidest homer has been (laughs) homer is maybe has a second grade level of reading skills to write this marge really should have went over this card (laughs) seeing as she believed in this idea hello mr kearns i bad want money now me sick Ooh, he card reads good (laughs) so pick please me Mr. Burns. It's Kern, stupid! No, it's not! Disregard. <laughs> Disregard. That's my favorite line of the entire show. Uh, it's Kern! Yeah, it's it's, Kern. All right, it's let's... more like, ooh, he card read good. Yeah. That's the joke. I want to get my own line of the show. Though. Oh, all right, fine. Well, soon. My line of the show 
was my mom says I'm cool, but I didn't do the audio for this one. But the boot kicking Bart, all the work needed for it, and the Bart would ser- seriously yeah. just stand there still while it all happened. All of all of Burns's uh, traps require you to be in a very specific place. Yeah. Well, and it's a pretty. I never read it as a callback until this viewing. Yeah. But Bart being told move a little to the left to be kicked by the boot, he will tell Burns to do the same oh, thing right. at the yeah. end of the episode. That's a nice callback. So it's a nice kind of revenge on Bart's part, though he already got his revenge yeah uh but oh actually you know this homer's that's my line of the show here. yeah okay well let's play that jingle again then that's the joke i think of this whenever i fail i think bart and lisa are feeling a little upset right now isn't there something you'd like to say there sure is kids you tried your best and you failed miserably the lesson is Never try. <laughs> yes, Never yeah. try. So I revealed how I, when I was quiet for a year and started talking, I kind of talk like that. Uh, for, uh, I need to unlearn semester. that lesson, though. Like, I took that as too seriously as a kid. I was like, well, I know Homer's bad, but maybe you should never try. What if you fail? <laughs> Trying I'm, rules. I think, I mean, we are in the podcast biz. Our, li- our life is nothing but risks and risk taking, <laughs> yeah. so we have to try constantly. Crowdfunding <laughs> podcast beeswax. Yeah, we're trying all the time, baby. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Heroes Utopia, try everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Simpsons will be right back. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons has gone live. Yes, Bob Mackey and me, Henry Gilbert, have quit our crappy jobs and have gone to start doing Talking Simpsons full-time, and we can do it with your help. Would you like to hear every episode a week before they premiere on iTunes and Stitcher? Would you like to listen to exclusive podcasts like the second episode of Talking Critic and an interview with someone who worked on multiple classic Simpsons video games telling secrets about their creation? All of that and much more is available right now at patreon.com slash talkingsimpsons. Please support it and help us do this full-time and do even more awesome animation conversations. Hey, this is Hank Azaria. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. I didn't know that was a thing. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Joe Hodgson says, My best memory is definitely Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia. My dad was able to coax us into going on to a ride called the Big Bad Wolf. I've been on that. The first time, I didn't go on the Big Bad Wolf. Yeah. But I asked my parents to buy me a hat that said, I conquered the Big Bad Wolf. Dave, you're a liar. I felt like such you're... a shit. And then I remember vividly that our car broke down and the tow truck, like, oh, you want to sit up in the front of the tow truck? I like thought that would be awesome. And I left my hat in the tow truck. And I asked my parents, like, let's go back to the tow truck. I forgot my hat. And my parents were like, we're not getting that hat. <laughs> I think they even knew the... Why? You didn't go on the ride, you shit. Uh, <laughs> and then I did the next time, and it was really cool. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again.
Then I liked Burns reflecting in sadness that he's going to give all his money to the Egg Council Advisory Board, which is the <laughs> first of two Egg Council jokes in the Merkin era. That's true. And the second will be Lenny bringing up the egg thing. Homer in Stonecutters, Homer doesn't let Lenny eat an egg, and he tells him that cholesterol actually isn't as bad as eggs. And I finally was able to finally pinpoint it. So there was no egg council board in America. It was the American egg board, Mm -hmm. which invented the incredible edible egg. egg. I always think of the intentionally bad Mr. Show Show joke of of Bob Odenker going, the incredible edible rump roast, which is not a joke, but it's it's funny in how it's not a joke. It's just a lame thing somebody would say at a dinner party. The egg council was created then because eggs were getting a bad rap lately because it, cholesterol was then the bad thing in the health craze. And it was like, well, eggs are pure cholesterol. And so as has happened with pork and beef mm-hmm. and tons of Milk. other things, or cheese, yeah. you'll get all these ads that are just like, please just buy this thing that it's, nobody directly owns. Just stop. To it, me, it's in- incredible and says something about the opulence <laughs> and longevity of those industries that yes. milk and pork at this period just had advertisements for nobody's product mm-hmm. in particular. Just please keep doing this. We have a lot of money to spend on well, commercials. Well, in beefs and milk too, but in beefs case, case they were doing it because of the Oprah, Oprah mad cow yeah. stuff. I was trying to find incredible edible eggs that bring up the cholesterol thing. Mm. And I finally did. Uh, most of the ones I found were for kids, but this one t- uh, finally addresses the, the cholesterol thing. 1989 government research shows eggs have 22% less cholesterol than we thought. Oh, you gotta love it, be incredible, Holy yeah. shit. Eggs, and, are, eggs are safe again, people. Come back to the eggs. And I found that on a great YouTube video, which is 30 minutes of commercials from October 28th, 1993. Wow, you had to dig pretty deep. But they're all from local. It's all from local in New York. So it's national commercials. And then it goes to Rudy Giuliani is running a new campaign. <laughs> it's, but anyway, I, I could just fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Like, oh, let's God, just watch yes. 30 minutes of old commercials. So there's one other Egg Council joke that they cut. Oh, it was in yes. Itchy and Scratchy, the movie, where Homer is lamenting what Bart will become, and he says, judge at a Mr. Type Buns competition. The original line was, on the board of the Egg Council. That's and right. And they cut the yes. joke because it didn't read correctly. People are like, the Egg Council? What's that? I remember. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. Mr. Type Buns competition is kind of funny. It's a funnier I, I like joke, I think. I, I don't know why the Egg Council would be evil, but uh, mm. there you go. They were just sick of the Egg Council in the <laughs> Simpsons writing room, man. Too much egg propaganda uh, And I world. like that Burns refuses to accept that that rock isn't a bird. Yes. He's like, well, let's see what the people in the lab say about that. And then Bart is getting his revenge and is having some pretty like fun... Dennis the Menace revenge on him. It's really like elaborate it. on the on the moment prank to spur mm-hmm. the moment. And I love him pulling the my favorite is the no solicitors sign and then the solicitors 20 of them immediately show yeah. up with like mops and and briefcases. That's when he decides to make Bart his heir. There's a Christmas carol joke which even as a kid I got. It's I like got that the, one. Tell what day it is and Bart concusses Smithers and Burns doesn't give a shit. Within three minutes of this episode, two people collapse like a pile of bricks with amazing foley. It's just <laughs> and, great. It sounds so painful. And Homer will do it later in this episode, oh, you're right. too. Like, oh, my God, yeah. A lot of concussions happening in this. And so once Burns has made it official, the family is ready to celebrate. Just sign here, and your son will stand to inherit my entire estate. Woohoo! We're rich! Bart, get over to the mansion and open up all the windows. You want to get the old people smell out before we move in. Dad, Mr. Burns hasn't passed away yet. Huh? Oh, right. (laughs) So I guess you're in okay shape, huh? 
No heart problems or anything. Well, I... I'm okay. <laughs> what a cheat that they yeah. have, Abe. Just like, I'm okay. Well, the funny thing is he's standing with them uh, when Burns leaves, like two seconds later. Yes. So he really I, is okay. I wonder if they had to put that in there and be like, no, no, he really is okay. Yeah. But like the... the, the that Homer Homer tries to kill Burns like and, that's but then again I mean it's Burns I I don't uh, it's okay I think for Homer to do that and Homer has another uh, push her down son like yes. let's but let's push him down the stairs let's push him down the stairs though the stalking Chef Boyardee joke I think that's a little cheap it is a little cheap but I, I do like how uh, Homer and Bret Hart don't like old man stink in their homes that's true you <laughs> yeah. got to air that out of Burns's mansion I agree and then, but just Homer's like let's push him down the stairs like he's so happy to do that. So Bart goes, humors Mr. Burns, goes to his house and eats there. And I like that Burns just has a button on his chair to lock up a person who's eating with him. And then he calls himself a booger, booger man, man. Not, booger a, man. Bo- not a boogie man. One joke I got for the first time or just noticed for the first time was like, oh, your milk is getting cold. Oh. They, he was drinking warm milk with his oh, dinner. Oh, yeah. my God. I didn't get that. That yeah. is such an old man thing. It really it's is. Like, it helps with your uh, digestion. Oh, my God. I know this because when I go home, my parents serve me milk. I uh, drink it and then shit down my pants. Oh, yeah. Not in my pants, down. I, I gave Sorry, it milk, Henry. too. Yes. No, I agree. I, I had some milk. I had some ice cream last night and uh, woke up with stomach uh, issues. And I was like, boy, I got to stop with this ice cream. I just kind of got to drop it. Very strange. Then Bart. Oh, also, this is when I found out that gelatin was made with hooves. (laughs) And though it never really sunk in until I had like a vegetarian friend when I was 18. And and I would just say, like, okay, we're going to eat this. And she would say, well, is there gelatin in it? I was like, what? Well, who cares? Like, it's gelatin. That's not animals. She's like, there's cow hooves in it. and Anything with gelatin, yeah. And uh, obviously, as a younger person, I was one of many people that, that question a vegetarian's choice every time they say they don't want to eat something. And just like, all right, you're on trial right now. Like, are you sure you don't want to eat this? I'm, I think you should. I got to tell you, as, veg- as a vegetarian, we love that. <laughs> so you eat that, but you won't eat that? Yes, it's my, it's my decision. Please I know you thought this it. was a dinner, but this yes. is a trial. <laughs> Objection. You're- what about my diet bothers you? so much uh, what I like about the Burns things is he says it's made of hooves as if it would be more appealing to Bart yes. like here oh it's so good it's got hooves in it we like, should have looked up what gelatin was made of before that well, <laughs> is it even grosser he seems to think that gelatin also is like a, a, a crazy new thing like oh kids mm, yes. love gelatin and so then Bart then Bart says what he would really want and is when Bart discovers the benefits of being of having Mr. Burns's bankroll oh, if you stay you can have anything you want to eat even some sort of gelatin dish. <laughs> it's made from hooves, you know. Anything, huh? Okay. I want pizza. And I want it delivered by Krusty the Clown. Mm. Hey, it's Krusty the Pizza Man. <laughs> All right, where's my 400 bucks? Hey, wait. How can you be here when your show's on live? Uh, I just threw on an old rerun. <laughs> no one will know the difference. Children, remain calm. The Falkland Islands have just been invaded. I repeat, the Falklands have just been invaded. The disputed islands lie here, off the coast of Argentina. 
I love that crusty. <laughs> so that was April second, nineteen eighty-two. Quite an old rerun. I, yes. I still love it because it's it, the joke's awesome, but it's not even the oldest clip of Krusty we've seen. No, no. <laughs> I, I mean, at that time, I feel like Bozo the Clown could have also pulled yeah. up any episode from twenty years of his anything history. in color. Yeah, the let's old... see what that adventures Popeye gets into. <laughs> the only difference you would have told in a in a Bozo episode is just like, well, that kid's wearing a T-shirt a kid today wouldn't wear. Like that, right. that kid has an evil Knievel shirt, and they be wearing an optimus prime shirt and it's it's funny that a he has a map ready but b he's yes. telling the children to remain calm like this would affect no one in america yes. it was a small-scale conflict between the united kingdom and uh, argentina yes. over 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 land it was like the, the, the at the end of the decline of the british empire it's like one of the few things they had left mm, it was a 10-week war argentina lost and uh but it was it was a time when like small operations like that were seen as like oh that's what wars are i guess yeah. th- i guess this replaces world wars we're just gonna see these little things like these smaller things which are not not deadly they were like people died in them but this in afghanistan mm-hmm. they were they were like side wars as opposed to the iraq war which was a war ass war and uh will never end <laughs> yeah like all wars will never end yes uh so <laughs> we're still next, in south korea ain't we up next we have another lost time reference uh, a reference to the movie sliver from 1993 that i recall watching yes. this uh it was a very eye-opening moment for young bob it was a very horny movie yes well, i recorded it in rewound and fast forward it several yeah times. i mean sharon stone yeah. uh, right after basic instinct her next uh, sexy thriller if you will sliver came at the very weird this this happened several times where erotic thrillers came yeah. back into theaters this there was a thing in the 70s where there were films like I- Emmanuel and mm. the story of O that were just these like foreign films that were sexy and mm. and basically were the equivalent of a Skinamax film then yeah. and Sliver just was Skinamax with a budget and then Skinamax film would just rip off all the Sharon Stone films and so after Basic Instinct this was was her next one, and it was voyeurism the movie. Like, yeah, and it was it was an erotic thriller of like watching people have sex or take baths. And if you want to watch uh, Alec Baldwin's brother jerk off to security camera footage set to Enigma music. Which Baldwin is Billy this? Baldwin? Billy Baldwin, the worst Baldwin, yeah, the, I'd say the lost Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Alec's not so much better. He even That's if he would vote closer to how I would. vote. Alec's way better. You're probably thinking of Stephen. Uh, oh, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen's pretty. Who's crap the Biodome too. guy? Stephen. I, okay. Stephen, okay. I, really, I get Billy in Biodome uh, mixed up. Was it Stephen or William who was on 30 Rock playing Alec Baldwin in a movie or playing Jack Donaghy in a movie? I don't know. That could have been Danny. He looks mm. the most like him. But in this movie, uh, the Baldwin in question has uh, basically a camera in every room yep. in this uh, high... He's a landlord at a high-end apartment. Yeah, in New York. And he's watching uh, Sharon Stone. And one of the things I will say about it, ladies love these movies. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those movies that had a much more famous soundtrack. And has a bunch of. It looks like one of my girlfriend's playlists at this point. Yeah. UB40. Oh, wow. Um, oh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Enigma. I wasn't joking about that. That really so, happened. But I feel like Showgirl. This was also Nana written Cherry. by. This was also written by Joe Esther. Oh, Esterhouse, you're right. Yeah. And it was. He, for a brief period, was the superstar film uh, scriptwriter. Like, yeah. scriptwriters are never famous, but everybody was like, it would be the story in variety. They paid. X millions of dollars to Joe Esterhouse for his next thing. Yeah. And that eventually collapsed when Showgirl. they paid the most money for Showgirls. <laughs> That's and what it did it, right? it was a mega flop. Yeah. And, and it was... I mean, Showgirls also ended these erotic thrillers that are in theaters. And mm-hmm. I think people realize, like, 
the people who jerk off to this don't want to be in a in a regular movie theater <laughs> watching this. They want to watch it on on premium cable channels and jerk off at night. Yeah, or wait till it comes to HBO or whatever. I did exactly. <laughs> that's that's what they were for, and you didn't need big budget things for that. And it also became a thing of like actresses. On the level of Sharon Stone, they you either needed to find a famous actress who was like, yeah, I'll be naked for 20 minutes, or you had to find act- non-famous actresses who would be naked that it was yeah. It was a point of topic at the time. What's Sharon Stone's first movie going to be without a nude scene? Yes. It was even the when it was like the dead, I believe. Oh, yeah, even right. when it was like inappropriate, like we don't want to see. No one wants to see Sylvester Stallone. Fuck anybody. <laughs> I yeah, know I don't. <laughs> you got you got to see a bit of his penis in that other movie. What was that one? The oh, specialist. The specialist. You're welcome. That's right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Go out and rent it today, folks. For, uh, for some reason, I remember uh, Stallone being in Sliver, but uh, but yeah, couched in the Sliver references are then two other movie references. That's true. Are you talking to me? There's no one else here. You must be talking to me. Wow, that was an antique. Crap! Mo does a scene from Taxi Driver. Yes, Mo is very much uh, in in The Simpsons. He is a Travis Bickle character, yeah, like really a is. dangerous loner who hates everyone. Yeah, a simmering and madman. This is the actual clip, and if you'll notice, like it is much more low key than any impression oh, yeah. of it ever is. All the impressions are like, so. We, what we're going to say, but what I always say about Edward G. Robinson, like he never, oh, did, yeah. meh, meh, he never did that. He was and much, he was much more subdued. You as... talking to me? You <laughs> talking to me? That's how you've seen this impression done. It's so nothing like this that. is Dirty Grandpa himself uh, in 1976. You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Well, then who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Finally has power with that gun. Yeah. So he's got, uh, what, guns on, like, drawer rollers up his mm. sleeves that he can thrust out. A lot of copycat yeah. criminals did that. I mean, to this day, I mean, I, yeah. I think the entire gun industry is based off of this attitude that everyone is yeah. after you and you must protect yourself at all costs with lethal force. Even if you <laughs> destroy your antique mirror. Yes. <laughs> ah, crap. <laughs> ah, crap. This is the power that Travis Bickle and Mo feels when they buy a gun. Mm. And, you know, actually, the reaction... To Taxi Driver is why Martin Scorsese. It's when he made. It's why he made King of Comedy because he saw that there were Travis Bickle imitators, which he absolutely mm. did not want to create with Taxi Driver. And so then he wanted to show a different type of crazy obsessive, but the biggest loser in the world who lives in his mom's basement. He's like, no, these are the people. You're not Travis Bickle. You're a dude in your basement who kidnaps Jerry Lewis. It's so great. He has he puts on his own fake talk shows so with yes. like cardboard so cutouts. Oh man, what a great movie that yeah, really gets overlooked. Yeah. And it's also the point of it is too Rupert that like Pupkin. that Rupert Pupkin mm. becomes really famous at the yep. end. That it's it's more of his point too of like. No, you'll be super famous if you do this. And it's watch those together. Watch Taxi Driver really, and really coming good. together. They are response films to each other. And, and also, you synthesize those two, Robert and yours, and you get me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when you see, uh, this was the first time I noticed the other videos on there. Okay, like that. It's Jacques kissing edna krabappel so uh, a return of Jacques, and then a real sellout of lovejoy's character like he's just like guzzling like wine or something oh i didn't i wasn't looking at the the little monitors uh i should have been really well it's right in the center underneath mo is wiggum in the bathtub which felt like a very direct 
Well, it's Sharon Stone in the bathtub and Sliver, yeah. and this is Wiggum in the bathtub. The Sliver trailer has Sharon Stone in the bathtub, and it's like, mm-hmm. in the 90s, if a woman was in the bathtub, she was masturbating. I yes, mean, we had three uh, of those jokes in season three of The Simpsons, yes. a woman being in a bathtub masturbating. Uh, I feel like Duckman did that joke every other episode, yes. but that I also like that Burns directly credits Sliver. What a delightful rump. And then we get something I never even knew was a movie reference to looking this up, but it really is that Homer eating flowers was just a weird thing of like... Homer eats so many disgusting things, but that his mysterious trips to Holland. His yeah. secret thing is that he eats flowers, and is that a reference to something? It or just is. The, okay, the thank you. Uh, so, in the 1987 film, which I've actually never seen, The Last Emperor oh. by Bernardo Bertolucci, mm-hmm. that film is about the last emperor of China before the People's Revolution. The communists took over, and he was the final emperor who actually got like kind of converted over to communism and it's mm. it's an interesting film and in the film he marries the last empress in it and she's kind of ignored even at her own wedding because he's at he's with a mistress of his and so she just starts eating flowers and it's Weird. she starts eating the like flower arrangements and it's kind of it's this thing to show her descent into madness and it's just a long shot of an actress that feels like he just told this actress, eat flowers. and so, Flowers are edible, I think, yeah. some of them. I've had them in salads and stuff like yeah, that. You're not supposed to not eat flowers. <laughs> like they are ed- they're just plants, but they're just pretty plants that don't really have like nutritional value. Yeah, and yeah. they don't taste particularly great, but there's nothing against it. So anyway, now, now you know that that flower eating is directly from The Last <laughs> Emperor, which there are no clips of it I could find, but also it was just like silence. It's <laughs> like eating flowers doesn't make much sound in The Last Emperor. Uh, so then Bart... Bart has learned all the benefits of being Burns' heir, that there's a, you know, for all intents and purposes, bottomless pit. Yes. And that he can fling peas at Smithers all he wants. And Homer finally puts his foot down over, not over abusing Lisa, but over a much more important problem. Oh, yuck, meatloaf. My most hated of all loaves. <gasps> Is that was the end piece? That's it. Hmm. Being abusive to your family is one thing, but I will not stand idly by and watch you feed a hungry dog. Go to your room! No! This family stinks! Mr. Burns nurtures my destructive side! I'm suffocating here! Alright, you listen! I'll go eat some flowers! <gasps> my secret shame! <laughs> my secret shame! It's a small joke, but I like Lisa saying, Ow, oh, that was a big one when That's their peas big, are yes, coming at her. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That's a big one. Felt kind of real the way he goes, Bart, you listen? Like, he's, yeah. really, he's actually really upset That's about some real it. anger. Good job, yeah. Dan. And that he's holding the flower when Bart walks away, too. And somehow Bart gets really ahead of Homer on his bike, even though Homer is right behind him in his car. And I like, it felt almost like for more for the commercials where Burns is like, maybe even love him. Mm. Get him off me. Get yeah. him off me. But now he's his son. And when Homer arrives, he runs over Bart's bicycle like it's nothing. Mm. Uh, and then we get to probably the biggest deleted scene in Simpsons history, which I did get the clip for it. But only because it eventually wasn't deleted yeah it, it got put yeah. in 138 indication as much as anything else and well so let's hear the clip first this is both the one that's in the episode and then a bit of the deleted scene in case you don't know what was deleted or what you release the dogs or the bees or the dogs with bees in their mouth and when they bark they shoot bees at you well go ahead do your worst he locked the door <laughs> Do your worst. My worst, eh? Smithers, release the robotic Richard Simmons. 
So for the longest time, I thought, oh, man, I can't believe they didn't put that joke in. But now I'm like, I like the he locked the door joke better. Yes. It's it's less monkey cheese uh, zaniness, although I like how it becomes a Terminator parody, too, yes. later when they shoot a shotgun at Richard Simmons' head. Again, two references mixed together that little Chris got. Yes, yeah. I, I, I liked both of those when I finally saw that robotic Richard Simmons in the 138th episode spectacular, mm-hmm. but that... He locked the door. Is it feels it feels more like what Simpsons was at yes. that time of just... Ra- rather than like the Richard Simmons joke is an easy target along the line of nude pictures of Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, like, the kind of I don't know like sub Jay Leno shit that doesn't hold up real well. In a little mean spirited, a little like random humor. Kind I mean, of stuff. just I just, it's not was not just the Simpsons. Richard Simmons was the oh, yeah. easiest target you could take, which is why I it mean, feels like a bummer for the Simpsons. Yes. Like they should have been somebody they were personally annoyed and that, by. <laughs> that was the feeling behind the scenes too. Like in not on this commentary, yeah. but on the Oakley and Weinstein commentary for 138th episode. They're very clear that like there was a divide in the writers' room oh, when that right. footage came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people were like, This is really funny. This is really well animated. What a great scene. And other people were like, This is beneath the Simpsons. Yeah, Richard it is. Simmons jokes is not what we're about. And there's not really other than him being a robot and a terminator, it's just a joke about like Richard Simmons, which like you were people were doing that in like fucking eighty seven. And know? His, his ass was going to explode. That's, yeah. that's, I don't know. And this has very little to do with now, you know, Richard Simmons withdrawing from society mm. that he once loved so much. I think he wants to be left alone. Yeah. I, I, know, I, I'm, I don't think it's so but he, But he was a hack punchline. Yeah, and I mean, I think, like, at this point, that should have been Steve Allen. That would have <laughs> yeah. been a funny joke. Yeah. It was funny to see him go on Letterman so much because he would just go on Letterman to be, to be made fun of, yeah. to make to make Dave, yeah. like, nervous and annoyed. Yeah. That he could do slightly effeminate jokes yeah. that Dave could... Like make a face at it. And, Easy now. Richard Simmons is not out. Uh, <laughs> but Richard Simmons, I'm sure, loves women very much. But yeah, there it, was but, that podcast about him, and they were like, "Where is Richard Simmons? Simmons?" He's like, "I'm okay. Just leave me alone. Yes, please yeah. leave me alone. I stopped talking to you. All right, leave me alone." But that, yeah, 1994 went to the oldies. Like it was still around, but it was just kind of old. And mm-hmm. and it's not fair to the like. Yeah, Richard Simmons wanted people to lose weight. What a bad guy. <laughs> and he's. He's just kind of in okay shape, and he's a fitness guru who's just in okay shape. I'll, I'll oh, say no. He, he was a, a, but he's also a shameless self promoter that the yes. whole world was aware of him, and he's very loud and brash. Yeah. And yeah. I don't well, think there's. He had a, to sell that fucking deal a meal system to people. He's a I, don't believe, I don't believe there's, there's an anti gay joke in here. I don't believe no. there's a body shaming joke in here. I don't it's think just so about either. him like, being an annoying, iconic person of the yeah, late it's, 80s. It's low hanging fruit, I it think. Is. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's what, and that's what I hate about it. But the animation is so good in yeah. it, and it's so well done that. I would have, if it had been my call, even mm-hmm. though I think the he shut the door is much funnier, I would have been like, boy, they put so much work into this. Mm-hmm. The, to let yeah. the world not see this would not be fair. I think that's why the 138th episode spectacular was the way it was. Or like, we want to show you the things that we spent time and money and all these resources mm-hmm. on that are otherwise buried because there's no DVDs in 1995. Mm-hmm. They have to show them to you some way. And on the commentary, Merkin almost has kind of like in his response to the people who wanted it deleted, <laughs> which obviously they won in the end, mm-hmm. that he said before 138, they took when he would go on college tours of like Simpsons guy goes to your college and they'd show deleted scenes. He mm. said that one got huge reactions mm. every time. Oh, and one final thing on this tangent, uh, Richard Simmons was asked to voice the robot, but he didn't want to do it because it was a robot version of him and not him <laughs> in the show. It is really wow. weird. It's a weird. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. Part. It's a weird stipulation, but yeah, but I think too, if they'd gotten Richard Simmons, then it absolutely would have been in the episode because like, oh, for no, sure. we recorded mm-hmm. Richard Simmons. We're not, not going to use it. So it, it also makes the joke weaker. 
mm-hmm. when it's just Dan Castellaneta doing a good impersonation. It's okay. Nope. <laughs> well, it's not. You know what? Not even good. It's, nah, it's, it's, it's average. You. I mean, you know who it is when you hear it, but it's just yes. like whatever. Bart is now living with Burns, and the this. I'm getting the clips now, but I'm continuing mm. Chris's tra- yes! tradition of every Phil Hartman voice. But thank you. We can't not do this. So this is all of the words Phil Hartman says in this episode. Damn clowns. Well, you good folks can rest easy now because you've come to the very best in legal representation. Uh, excuse me, is there an orange Julius stand on this floor? <laughs> I'll sell you this one. It's almost full. Well, why don't I drink out of a toilet bowl? <laughs> He'll be back. And as for your case, don't you worry. I've argued in front of every judge in the state, often as a lawyer. <laughs> this court rules in favor of Montgomery Burns. I find that he is clearly the boy's biological father. <laughs> Uh, Judge, these won't be ready until Thursday. You know, we should really stop hiring him. No, that's never. the best joke. Where yeah. they just go like, "Why do we keep hiring this guy?" They have, they have to the address worst. it because yes. they can't forget who he is. Unlike every other character, they need to forget who they are yes. in order for more stories to happen. Yeah. So Lionel Hutz has taken up shoe repair, and I love it replaces the "I can't believe it's a law firm" joke. Yeah, uh, it's, it's him and shoe repair. And I love uh, Skinner just being like sternly disgusted. Why don't I drink out of a toilet bowl? Then and the way he straightens his tie. Yeah, I like that. The little extra fidget of like, why don't I just drink out of a toilet bowl? And then in a half-drunk Orange Julius, too, that he's trying to sell, like, eh? And <laughs> he's he, always trying to hustle. And that he's so bad, he can't prove that Homer and Marge aren't Bart's parents. <laughs> like, that's insane. They should declare a bad court thingy. Uh, <laughs> and also, I uh, didn't get the clip for it, but right before this, we get Wiggum refusing to help. And it's the third episode in a row where Wiggum goes, I don't want to do my job. Yeah. Like, can't you do this? I can't like, be policing the, the whole neighborhood. Yes. So they were like, <laughs> sure, and L. Elephant, like it's the same joke, but I, but I love it. Yeah. So then we come back, and Bart is at the height of luxury, and it's when we get one of our Simpsons favorite quotes. In Yay! Wow, Bart, Mr. Burns gives you everything you could ever want. My parents use that a love excuse to screw me out of toys. Well, I'm sure you'd like to be alone with your possessions. Um, Millhouse, if you stay a little while longer, you can have this blazer. It's a Bob Mackie original. Wow! A Bob Mackie! Oh, sorry, Bart. <laughs> I'm not used to hearing the uh in there. For, I, we always play Wow, Bob Mackie. Yeah, I, I took the A out a long, long time yeah. ago for Wow, Bob Mackie and other shows. That's uh, my Twitter uh, name now. Wow, or it has Bob been Mackie. for a year or so. Well, that's a, when you... I remember I, the, I got in contact with you for the first time through Twitter, and I thought that was like... I really thought that was an adopted name you came up because I'd never heard of it anywhere but here. Yeah. In fact, actually, so from the age of... You've been haunted your whole life by Bob Mackie. I have been. I didn't know it was a real person. (laughs) So born in the early 80s, from the age of three, I knew who Bob Mackie was because every adult would hear my name and be like, oh, like the designer. And I would be like, I guess so, because he did a lot of stuff for Cher. He just was all over (laughs) the place. So I've known about this guy. And uh, when this episode aired, I think I was in sixth grade. I came to school the next day. I'm like, I'm going to hear it. Like, wow, you were on the show last night, Bob. Like, th- these kids didn't know who Bob Mackey was. Yeah, it was my brief moment in the sun uh, that The Simpsons said my name. And now, now, his name is spelled M-A-C-K-I-E. I-E, right. Not like yours. Mine's E-Y. E-Y, which is why everyone misspells my name when they write it down. Damn. Yeah, E-Y is the true Mackey. Don't be fooled. Well, you, you know... You you had a choice at some point. You could have been Robert Mackey or you could be Robbie Mackey. I was Bobby for a long time. My family still calls me that. But I think at like age around this time, I did go by Bob. I, I put my foot down and saying, "No, it's Bob." I, you shouldn't you shouldn't step over the fact that you are the last American ever named Bob. That's true, and I take pride in that. 
that. I was yeah. the only uh, guy in the games industry named Bob, as far as I yes. know. And there were like, sorry, Chris, there were like a thousand Chris's, oh, yeah. 1,900 Ryans, yes. 43,000 Matt's, the mm. only one Bob, which only is why Bob. I was uh, taken advantage of <laughs> by all these fans who hate me. They can always find me. I'm the only Bob. But this uh, this set they're on, this uh, this bedroom thing, it's a direct reference to the, the show Silver Spoon. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, he's the, got the arcade machine. He's got the train set. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think they do anything more with it than that. Just a visual reference to a very shitty sitcom. Yeah, yes. I only remember it because the it rich came... kid and his black friend, Ricky yeah. Schroeder. R- Ricky Schroeder was Jason Bateman on that show. Uh, no, that Bateman. was that was the Hogan. It, no. it came on somewhere in the orbit of different strokes. Which was the only sitcom I liked. Silver Spoons, like Punky Brewster and Charles in Charge, were one of the first sitcoms to be canceled and then syndicated for a season. <laughs> and so. those syndicated ones are just so much shittier. Yeah, well, you could tell they had a lot less. Although money. I will say, Mama's Family got better when it was syndicated. Did. <laughs> Would you know that Bob Mackey, his uh, his, Hi, Bob. he was a major fashion designer, especially in the seventies and eighties. Though continuing into the nineties and even two thousand, still with us. But his biggest work in the realm of television was on variety shows like The Sonny and Cher Show, mm. Carol Burnett, and that then transitioned to Mama's Family. He oh, worked on Mama's wow. Family no way. How weird. As, as a costume designer. And if you wonder what that Bob Mackey sounds like, I have an interview with him here. Coincidentally enough, talking about Judy Garland. Ooh, I did not review Persona. Judy was a mess, basically. Judy was unbelievably talented. She was like... She was this little fragile bird that that could just tear up the stage and be so exciting. But you know, at at twenty two, twenty three, I was I was so idealistic. I just thought sometimes I, she's so unprofessional. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, I mean, throwing shade at Judy Garland. Well, yeah. if he was working with her like ten years before her death, I'm betting she was pretty unprofessional. Yeah. But uh, but who cares? She is a god. <laughs> I don't. Uh, Judy Garland could. Could shit on me. I don't. This is your second Judy Garland reference thrust (laughs) up on the show. There's uh, two other famous Bob Mackeys I know of Mm -hmm. because it comes up when I look for things I've done. Uh, One is a Florida basketball coach, and another one is Robert Mackey, who writes for the uh, New York Times. I think so. I can use him on my resume and lie, and I'm (laughs) I'm that guy too. Oh, I'm that guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There was another interview I found with Bob Mackey where he is talking about designing Barbie clothes with a Barbie collector, and uh, they both seem uh, they, they both seem like a Smithers type, <laughs> I'd say. But yeah, so that's now, in case you ever wondered who the other Bob Mackey was, yes. that's who it is. He has all my SEO. I need it back. <laughs> Quick tangent. I was on the streets of Berkeley uh, waiting to have brunch with my mom on a Sunday, and a dude comes up to me who is not in the age range of podcast listeners or video game fans. And he's like, are you Henry Gilbert? Yes, (laughs) I am too. And you, and he was was a professor at (laughs) Berkeley college and telling me that I had supplanted his SEO Ah. and that he was like an archeological dude. He's like, I used to be the number one Henry Gilbert on, on Google. And now you are, and you replaced me. He he wasn't that angry. I'm putting some anger on him, (laughs) but he was pointing out to me that like, he now knew who I was because I replaced him even in Henry Gilbert Berkeley stuff. And that was back then. I got to think I have even more power over there was archaeologist a, Henry Gilbert. There was a Chris Antista who had been written up in several New York newspapers about pioneering the hot dog stand. And I <laughs> trounced that motherfucker. And if I see you in person, I'll fight you. Unfortunately, I am the Chris Antista of America. All of my SEO, if you Google my name, I think all the top hits are uh, people writing about me on Gamergate boards. Yes. Gamergate <laughs> boards. And a uh, certain uh, YouTuber who does not like me very much. Yeah, you know, I can't get his 
many hits on that guy. Like sometimes <laughs> his fans reference me too, but I'm just not as famous as you. Oh come on! Uh, speaking of destructive assholes, Bart's given a jo- <laughs> given a reckless car that he almost murders people with. Yes, and it's a very well animated scene, and it's the introduction of Estonian dwarf. Yes, does he have an actual name? I bet they yeah. named him in like season twenty five. Uh, according to the wiki, he's just Estonian dwarf. They know ne- they've seemingly never given him a name. So this joke was in a very was a very important turning point on the Simpsons animation team oh. in which they were asked to do something nightmarishly impossible. The original scene ah, was Bart in his car versus a train and they would they would constantly miss each other through all these switchbacks or like the, the, the train would constantly hit the car but almost not kill Bart. I don't know how... It, <laughs> it's even hard to describe in words. Well, and it would but, be a train full of animals too. I think that was a different joke. Okay, yeah. Yes, but yeah. it was a tra- Bart versus a train and David Silverman was like, it would take two weeks to even figure out how this would work. Wow. So they compromised and they were like, let's do this instead. It's much easier to do and it's actually a funnier joke because you're just putting the pieces together in your brain of what's yeah. happening it's a better joke and it was it had to have been a, a watershed moment of the animators putting their foot down with the new guy of saying like we can't do everything you want i know yeah. you've you've worked on live action so you think this is just magic and we draw everything like no these are human beings it, it would be the same as if he had asked on his live action shows like on gary shanley he said so this week, Gary Shandling is going to go to a factory. So can you just build a factory set in here? Yeah. Like, I mean, it'll just be cool to build a factory. Uh, you build it as fast as you built the couch set. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really understand. Like, anything we write, you you can animate, So, which is why there were so many crowd scenes and things like that in Merkin episodes. But I feel like Algie and Mike Reese, the previous showrunners, they had to learn this, too. And Merkin had to learn it as well. And this is one of the reasons that Klasky Chupo um, basically put their foot down and were fired, because yeah. they didn't understand animation, the writers. And they yeah. kept asking for all these unreasonable things. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Gabor Chupo. Chupo... Sorry, I couldn't think of it for a second. It's not that he was crazy or a bad businessman. He just was like, we can't do this we can't make all these changes you're not paying we don't have the budget for it yeah too, i would think and it was all on their dime all these retakes yeah. and stuff so that's why they uh they got fired in case you didn't know estonian dwarf would appear uh, he would be beaten nearly to death by yeah. homer crusty as the uh, hamburglar did. Well, check my medical bracelets <laughs> yes. which stop stop he's already dead another great meme thing i can't wait to get that episode in six months and there's, there's a jaws of life in the trunk and also estonian dwarf was fallout boy's stuntman in the filming of the radio I'm only Fallout Boy when it hurts. <laughs> it was a real celebrity-focused joke about the deprogramming guy that he deprogrammed mm-hmm. Jane Fonda, but not Peter Fonda. What's the joke there? Peter Fonda just kind of disappeared after Easy Rider? Was Peter that... Fonda's still crazy and wacky. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's his thing. At like, that point, Peter Fonda, he had done no about such about face. He was yes. still an icon of the 60s. Well, meanwhile, Jane Fonda had done fitness videos yeah. and married Ted Turner. Yeah. And said she regretted some of her mm-hmm. activism. Yeah. And and meanwhile, Paul McCartney, he didn't need to be convinced to be in Wings, but that he, <laughs> that he had to be told to get out of Wings. I, He's the, the best one. The implication that Wings was also like a cult keeping Paul McCartney there. I like it's, it's funny though how all of the Fox News grandpas are still mad at, uh, at um, Jane Fonda. Fonda. Hanoi Jane. Yep, never will. Yeah. And then he accidentally kidnaps Hans Molman and Hans Molman is convinced to be uh, Simpsons. Uh, named Hans Molman for the first time. He was That's Ralph right. Mellish in his previous appearances. That's right. It was. Wait, uh, no, wait, appearance. sorry. It was in Duffless. I think he was named Hans. But I don't think oh, we yeah, heard he Molman. My name is Hans. Hans. No, they yeah. never said correct. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, people, but I'm pretty sure they never said Mole Man out yeah. loud before, which was the internal joke about him that when Matt Groening saw him as a background character he never wanted to see again, he said, 
It's like a mole, man. man. And he, he does look like a bit like the Fantastic Four yes. villain, Mole Man. Remember, he is canonically 31 years old. Yes, that's true. Uh, and then Mr. Burns enjoys Itchy and Scratchy a little too much. I just love all his laughter. Like a hug. <laughs> that's when the sliver joke was funny, but it also served a plot purpose. Oh, so yeah. they could go back to the video he'll show Bart to convince him his family hates him. Just it It's... They barely even touch on it, but there is, it gives a little emotional heft to it that Bart wants to come back mm-hmm. and let you know. But then we get the fake family, which I, much like Richard oh, I Simmons, this. I feel like they tried to get Michael Caine and couldn't. I have a story about that. I do not miss Bart at all. I am glad he's gone. <laughs> As am I. Oh! <laughs> it's probably my imagination, but something about them didn't seem quite right. Really? Excuse Excuse me for just a moment. People, that was all wrong. Homer Simpson doesn't say bow, he says... Doe. Sorry, MB, but I'm having trouble with this character. Mm -hmm. Is he supposed to have some kind of neurological impairment, like Rain Man or Awakenings? I mean... What the hell am I doing here? And his dialogue has none of the wit and sparkle of Murphy Brown. (laughs) Hey, you know, we're getting into golden time. <laughs> yes, we'll just get it right. We'll all be back doing Come Blow Your Horn at the Westport Dinner Theater. <laughs> all right, then, let's see what the old Simpson family is up to now. Uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's them, all right. <laughs> I do not miss Bart at all. Uh, that was his math owl voice. Yeah, I like that too. That Dan That's went back Dan to doing his math a bad owl. Homer. Yeah. yeah. So the story is uh, they wanted Michael Caine for Homer and Apu. He was going to be the celebrity that visited huh. Springfield, ah, not James, James Woods. James Woods was so much funnier. Yeah, I think it's better that they got James Woods, but he, that they wanted to put him in the show, so they put him in this episode instead. It's not really him, but it's no. like you're going to be in the show no matter what, Michael Caine. <laughs> he's, to make it recognizably Michael Caine, they draw his glasses in the character design, but he's wearing the glasses under a mask which mm-hmm. physically yeah, doesn't work that sounds painful but and those if, are magical masks anyway that just become your skin and if you want to say michael kane like michael kane say Kain. my cocaine my cocaine my cocaine steve coogan and the other guy <laughs> in that uh, it was only 13 years only Mr. Bruce. It's very cross indeed. Yes. <laughs> fucking uh, love that. Steve Coogan's uh, fucking great. He is so wasted in those Batman movies. He's just like exposition oh bot. Yes. Yes. Let me tell you what happened in the last movie, Mr. Wayne. Some people just want to watch a world burn ball. Well, <laughs> even the joke in 1994 was Michael Caine will do anything. Yeah, he'll, he'll do an Oscar-worthy performance one movie. Fresh and off then and in the next movie. the Jaws 4. Yes. <laughs> hey, he was fresh off of Muppet Christmas Carol. He was. Which and I love. he loved. did a damn good job yeah. in it. It was, it was really good. But I also felt like that was definitely them throwing shade at people who said that Murphy Brown is a more funny show or well, clever the, show. Who was the woman supposed to be? I, I don't think she was supposed to be anybody. I, I don't think anyone in particular. Yeah. But I definitely read her smoking as like, well, Julie smokes all the time. So maybe that's <laughs> that what... could be it. Yeah, I think that wit and sparkle was from TV Guide. That quote, uh, it yeah. felt very yeah. That does feel like it. So Estonian dwarf says golden time, which I'm guessing I think it means golden hour, or it's like some mm. extra pay thing. When like, golden hey, time is uh, actually referring to when you're shooting outside. Uh, it's the yeah. perfect time when the sun is like in the best position possible yes. to give you the greatest light. They're not outside though, so I don't know why he's saying yeah, that. It feels like an ins- it definitely feels like an insider term of just an actor saying you're going to pay me but more the, you, because I it's think you're thinking of the magic hour. Oh, magic the hour. Magic well, hour it's for also called the golden hour. And, yeah, but golden I think hour. isn't the golden it has something to do with like crew in between like 
crew doesn't have to go to lunch. Mm-hmm. This person doesn't have to be offset. It's the perfect time. Well, Ter- I could be wrong about that. And Terrence Malick famously loves the golden hour, and that's why his films take eight years to film, because, like, <laughs> we're only filming for this hour today. We're going to shoot one hour a day. We'll really be constructing this joke, but I think he's saying, like, we're wasting time. I think the Estonian yes. dwarf is the guy who got the line right, yeah. and no one else did. Who sounded exactly like Lisa, yes. too. It was a very good job by the Estonian dwarf, but, I mean, he lived, he was the one who lived the closest with Lisa, so I understand why. We missed one thing. The deprogramming company was called Conformco. Oh, that's fine. That's yeah. cute. I love the little joke of, that rib always breaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the hugging of Burns <laughs> breaks his rib. Lisa's destroying the house because they need chaos in the house when Bart's gone. That's when Homer falls over and is clearly concussed and just like down, does not move again. He doesn't move after that. And then things really just speed up to the ending. And so it comes to the firings and seemingly the death of Lenny. <laughs> Okay, let's make this sporting, Leonard. If you can tell me why I shouldn't fire you without using the letter E, you can keep your job. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I'm a good work guy. You're fired. But I didn't say... You will. <laughs> I mean, uh, I by that, that challenge. By that logic, Burns and Smithers should be dead at the end of this yes, episode. Well, yeah. Smithers refers to it as Leonard's carcass. carcass. So it's just like, he's, he's dead. It's right? a, it's, I know it's not a direct reference, but it's wonderful connotations to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, sweet art. Well, the, and the way she did, I want it. No. no. This episode races to a close. The previous yeah. scene is Bart getting won over by Burns. Then they're in this scene where he's put <laughs> to the test. Like, they're in the scene immediately. Yeah. I, it makes for one second like he might be better off mm. here. It he also, matches up better. It also makes you wonder, too, that they cut the Richard Simmons thing because that was like 30 seconds they didn't have. It was a lot know? of time. And speaking of time, I will always remember this episode because I flew too close to the sun mm. as a Simpsons recorder off television in mm. that I knew there was... Only enough space for one more episode, but I was like, no, I'm going to get this. I want one more episode on this tape before I start a new tape so it can be an even longer marathon. And everything's going fine. And the red we, button at the couch gag. And then we Cut get the to when Bart says, you're fired. And before it can reveal its burns, my tape stops. Oh, man. And so I had no more of this episode. I had to just remember it in my mind until <laughs> then, until the DVDs, You really. fucked yourself, Henry. So, yeah, I was so disappointed. I was like, I never did that again. If it, if it seemed like there was only 20 minutes of tape left on the VHS, I was like, nope. Starting a new tape. Not going to risk it. So Bart is put to the test by being ordered to kill his father. <laughs> yes. Fire him now or I'll disown you. You lose everything. The fabulous toys, a lifetime of wealth and luxury... The gift certificate from Blockbuster Video. The freedom to do whatever you want. I'll miss you, son. I'm sorry, Dad. You're fired. What? Fire me? That does it. You can never be my son. A little to the left. Huh? Oh, very well. (laughs) You can never be my (laughs) son. Sir, try to land on Leonard's carcass! Then they just hug after that, too. Smithers does not say E yet. Does he go back to work the next day? (laughs) Yeah, so that's what doesn't work here. Even if Homer wasn't literally fired by Bart, how is he not fired the next day? Other than the only thing that would make sense is that Burns is so injured that he just forgot he wanted (laughs) to do that and doesn't fire Homer. That's true. He always forgets who Homer is, so... But Bart doesn't have the uh, legal grounds to to emancipate himself. But so that was really a callback to earlier in the episode with the boot. Bart tells him to move to the left end. 
Just the same as Bart Burns just complies. And Bart is welcome back home and he meets his new older brother. Yes. Well, it felt like they were trying to tie up a loose end that they probably could have gotten away with not tying up of just them explaining to Bart, you think you saw your fake family, but that that wasn't us. And they're like, how would you know that? They were complicit with the whole fake, uh, the whole fraudulent yeah, family they, deal. I, I hope they got good money for yeah, that. Maybe they didn't know why they were being studied. I guess uh, like, yeah. trying to get my character down. Uh, but yes, then we the show ends with a new member joining the Simpsons this is family. Great. <laughs> and now I want you to meet your new brother. Hans Mole Man. Cowabunga, dudes. <laughs> Give it a try. It's like kissing a peanut. <laughs> Homer, I want that thing out of my house. What a weird, great joke. Homer yes. likes kissing his dry, wrinkled, salty head. <laughs> it's just he loves it so much. And then, meanwhile, Marge refers to Hans Mole Man as a, a thing. thing. Though, I wonder if they considered reanimating that because his skin color becomes yellow yeah. in that scene. And Hans Mulman is always drawn with brown He's skin. He's a little browner, but yeah, uh, it's but, weird. But he becomes yellow for the scene. I mean, there have been other episodes. To this point, he had been drawn as brown. I know other episodes he's been colored as yellow, yeah. as traditional yellow as well. I, I think it was redesigned to be yellow, but yeah, not everyone got the memo. That's true. But that it's just that Homer is obsessed with kissing him. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great, weird ending. It is a weird way to end the show, but a great one. And this is like I think this could be my favorite season five episode. Uh, I love it. It's I, there. I love Mr. Burns episodes, and mm-hmm. this is the best one I think out of I the like entire Rose series. Rosebud a little bit guy. more. Uh, they're 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 so close to each other. I can't yeah. decide. But what a great episode. We went long, but I think this episode really deserved us for this oh, whole treatment. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, this comes right after Bark Gets an Elfin, which I did love that episode. Oh, yeah, I mean, season five is really taking off. It's such a strong season, It's and it's nice that it's stayed strong seemingly to the end. We only have four episodes yeah, left season after four this. kind of flagged a little towards the end. Yeah, as as we were kind of harsh to season four in the end of it, of just like... I think we are fair. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, well, like, when we got to the front, we were like, well, this, I remember this being funny, but boy, this is a, it's a threadbare plot. <laughs> the like, scales this, fell from our eyes. Yes, but it was still, there's still tons of great jokes. But this well, is definitely better than the front. But awesome. yeah, I, I like this one quite a lot. Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been Talking Simpsons. I've been your yeah. host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. Every Monday, a new classic gaming podcast. Go to Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast device machine or directory. Henry. I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter, and that's where you'll find out about when episodes go live. But even more importantly than that, you maybe you already know because you heard this a week early, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Oh, boy. That is the new way to support us, as you probably heard in previous episodes, but in case you're new, that is where you can support us. Bob and I quit our jobs to do this full time, and on patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, it's where... Every episode from now on will go live a week early on there. It's not going to change the order you hear on iTunes, but if you want to skip ahead a week and hear another episode, but you get way more than that at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. We have exclusive content waiting for you right now. Yes. Videos, podcasts, anything you want. Well, not anything, but no, within no. reason. <laughs> yes. Well, especially I want to highlight, we did an interview with Paul Provenzano, who is one of the first people to work on Simpsons video games. He was an executive producer on Bart vs. Juggernauts, Bart's Nightmare, and 
Virtual Springfield, as well as a ton of other licensed games back in the 90s. And he tells us so many cool stories. And there's another, there's another talking critic waiting for you there, too. Yes. So, man, so much great stuff just for initially donating yes, right off the bat. $5 a month or even $10 a month to get another cool thing at there. And that's where Bob and I are going to be at. And if you're still, if you already are supporting it, thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. And again, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Christopher. Laser Time, the show and the website, LaserTimePodcast.com. Other podcasts there, Video, Video Game Apocalypse. These two have been frequent guests, Bob oh, and Henry. Yes. Uh, in 30, 20, 10, our weekly look 30, 20, and 10 years ago into the past. We talk about, we're, we're right in Simpsons season 8? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, season 8. Well, yeah, just the ended. 97 portion, and yeah. who cares about the 07 portion at this point? <laughs> but uh, check that show out. It is really, really fun. A lot like this uh, clip laden for 87, 97, and 2007. I'm more regularly on it now, and uh, I just did a great one talking about... Um, with, the Crispin Wall murders. Uh, anyway, yes, I listen to all that. There's so many great stuff Thanks, on Laser Support Time Talking Simpsons. If you want, the, I don't know. I'm involved with a couple of the things that you guys want to do, and it's stuff that I've always wanted to do. And You've been helping out a lot, Chris. Are, it's sure. impossible to for me to do, given that I work full-time on the on the Internet. You you guys have to do it, and if you people want it, you've got to support it. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you very much. So that's uh, patreon.com slash talking Simpsons, correct? Yes. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with the 100th episode of The Simpsons. See you then. Woo! infotainment.